It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hi, everyone. I'm Chloe Thomas, the uh, author, podcast host, speaker and consultant in the world of e-commerce. I've been in in e-commerce for over 10 years, helping all manner of businesses to grow and become more successful. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. It is great to have you here. And please do check out our normal interview and update podcasts that usually come out on a Monday evening, Tuesday daytime. There's great stuff in there and I know you're going to find it useful. If you're one of our regular listeners, I hope you find this changing content really interesting and useful to you. Um, However many of my podcasts you've listened to, I would love to get your feedback. Just message me on Twitter at Chloe underscore ECMP. This one is part of our series of three bonus episodes, the Christmas 2015 tips presented by me, Chloe Thomas of ecommercemasterplan.com in association with eSeller.net. And the aim of these is to help you make Christmas 2015 the best yet for your e-commerce business. We've created these in partnership with the great people over at eSeller.net and for the first time ever on the e-commerce master plan podcast you can get hold of a full transcript. Yes, every word I'm uttering in a document that you can download and print out and read, including pictures where relevant and those are available for each of the three podcasts in in this series and they're available exclusively from the eSeller.net website. Go straight there to download or you'll find the direct link in the show notes page which is at e-commerce masterplan.com forward slash bonus three. Strangely enough, given the uh, the show notes pages bonus three, this is the third and final of our Christmas 2015 tips podcast. Last time I took you through why your delivery strategy matters this Christmas. And this time I'm going to be talking about the all important marketing. So your Christmas 2015 customer journey, including the top marketing methods you should be using this Christmas. As you can probably tell, today I have a little bit of a cold on the go, so um, I will try to keep uh, keep my voice nice and clear for you. Um, But apologies if I'm coming across a little bit fuzzy. But uh, the content's great, so hopefully you can you can hear past my stuffed up nose, and uh, and we're going to get all this great information to you. So, what exactly are we going to be covering today? Well, our final session is all about what I think you should be testing this Christmas. At Christmas, the volumes go up and customer propensity to buy increases as well, which makes it a fantastic time to be testing out new ideas. The winners this Christmas and on into 2016 are those who understand which part of the customer journey each of their marketing activities is focused on, which is why we're going to be starting off by talking about the customer journey today. So what is a customer journey? It's the journey from site visitor to inquirer to first time buyer to repeat purchaser because no one is really a customer of yours until they've bought from you more than once. They're not really fully bought in. That first purchase is really just a test. And the customer journey is what every e-commerce business should be focused on because it's where the profit comes from. The further along the customer journey you can get someone, the more you're going to the more profit, the more lifetime value you're going to get from that from that human being. I find many e-commerce businesses don't really split their marketing activity between the new customer acquisition piece and the customer retention piece. And that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm, you know, I keep talking about this customer journey idea because you really do have to work both of those if you want to make your business grow as fast and as profitably as you, as you want it to. 
So the smart businesses are now deploying marketing methods to increase conversion from inquirer to buyer, not deploying email. Does that make sense? So rather than going, we must do email marketing, they're thinking, right, what can I do to increase conversion from inquirers to buyers? Great, email would be a good way to do that. Let's build an email campaign that will increase the number of people who inquire on our website who convert to become a buyer. And Christmas is a great time to accelerate the process of getting people through the customer journey. Everyone's shopping. Everyone has to buy gifts for somebody. So it's the time to drive more traffic to the site, to increase inquirers, to recruit new customers and to get our past customers to buy again, which is a key part of everything we've been talking about in this three part series. In this podcast in particular, I'm going to be explaining to you, first off, how to work out where on the customer journey you first need to focus. Because strangely enough, we can't do it all. We have to pick certain areas that are going to make the most difference for our business. So I'm going to take you through how to do that. Then I'm going to uh, take you through, or the second part of our podcast is all about what the remedy is to the problem in each area, including the marketing methods you could choose to test in those areas. The areas we're going to look at are um, not enough visitors, not enough visitors signing up to your emails, not enough first-time buyers, not enough repeat purchasers. So we're going to go through each of those four and in each of those four, I'm going to be telling you some marketing methods you could choose to test. I doubt any of you are going to test all of them because that'd be quite frankly too much to, uh, to, to work on in the time we've got remaining towards Christmas. Plus, of course, you want to be able to see the results and test it properly to see what's working for you rather than, you know, just throw all the mud at the wall and hope some of it sticks. I am going to do my level best to try and keep this podcast somewhere around the 30-35 minute mark. So I am going to be flying through the ideas as we go through those four areas. Um, so please, but, but I'll be giving you um, links in the show note, in the transcript rather, that will give you more details and examples. And a lot of the examples I'm using are things which previous podcast guests have done. So you can listen into those to find out more about it and how it's worked for them. Um, so please do make sure you're having a look and downloading those transcripts from eSeller.net. The direct link to, the, to getting those downloads you'll be able to find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash bonus three or just go direct to um, to the show note to the e-seller site. Usually at this point in these bonus podcasts I'm warning those who aren't from the UK that this is a UK focused set of examples. Today I have exactly the opposite um, warning which is for all my listeners I'm presenting my ideas to you today from a geographically neutral place. So please do bear in mind your local data protection rules before implementing some of these ideas. Um, because I know we've got people listening in 30, 40 different countries around the world. So I'm I'm not going to get into data protection and sign up requirements and all that kind of stuff. So please be aware of what the rules are in your area before you start going ahead with these. Okay, so let's get cracking. How can you work out where on the customer journey you first need to focus? And let me just have a little bit of a rant about the importance of focusing in on things. It's very easy for you to come away from this podcast in particular with maybe 
20, 30 different ideas you can implement in your business. If you try and implement all 20 or 30 of those, you are going to fail because you're you're going to be spread too thinly. You're not going to know what's working and both your budgets, your time and your effort, your energy, your inspiration are going to be spread too thinly. So it's really important that before you get excited about the marketing methods we're going to run through in the second part of this podcast, that you do work out which of the steps in the customer journey you need to focus on first. So let me explain how you work that out. So take a calendar month in your business. Uh, This is going to be going out in um, November. So maybe you're going to take October. If your numbers are small, of course, maybe take two months, three months, four months, the last 12 months, whatever you need to be able to get some reliable numbers into this. And for that one calendar month, work out how many visitors did your website have? How many email signups did did you get? So how much did your email list grow by if that's easier to work out how many people bought from you for the first time how many people bought who'd bought from you before so how many repeat purchases you had then work out the conversion between each step so how many or what percentage of your visitors signed up what percentage of your email signups became first time buyer or if you're not getting many email signups you can do that one as the number of visitors who bought for the first time And how many of your first time buyers bought for a second time? This is going to be a really, this is a really, really, really simple snapshot. Of course, you can, you can work this out much more uh, in depth, much more precisely. But what I want to give you is a quick and easy way to be able to work out where you need to be putting your focus in the run up to Christmas. So work out each of those conversions between each of those steps. So from visitor to email sign up, from email sign up to first time buyer or visitor to first time buyer if your email number is low and from first time buyer to repeat purchaser. You're going to be benchmarking against yourself. So I'm giving you no example numbers here. But if you um, but you should be able to see once you work out those conversion rates where there's a really low number and where that number's the lowest. That's the one where we need to be focusing our effort on first. If you've, um, if all your numbers are pretty good, but you've just not got much traffic, then that's going to be your focus is to be getting more visitors to your website in the first place. So identify uh, the lowest performing area. We're going to fix that one first, then repeat because none of us can do everything at once. Um, I will be running through each of the four areas in turn with the marketing methods next. Um, and if anyone's not sure how to read their results, pull them together and email them to me at chloe at ecommercemasterplan.com and I will get back to you as quickly as I can, uh, which may be a couple of days, um, with a quick answer on where to focus first, all right? Because I don't want trying to interpret the numbers to stop you from getting some great marketing in place this this Christmas. Okay, so let's start off with the first of our areas. If your problem is getting visitors to your website, what should you do? This is possibly the the most difficult one of the problems to solve. It's also kind of the easiest one to solve in many ways. And the problem is, although the, the good thing is there's so many different ways of getting people to your website. But the tricky part is it's it can be very hard to work out which one is the right one for you because there's so many different ways of doing this. You've got short-term strategies and you've got long-term strategies. So short-term would be Google AdWords because you could turn it on and immediately you get traffic. Long-term would be a content marketing strategy to improve your search engine optimization. Then, of course, you've got expensive options and cheap options, both in time and money. And then, of course, um, 
brand awareness comes into it all as well because the more that people have heard of your brand and are aware of your brand, the more likely they are to react to any of your marketing. So if your brand awareness is poor, then your results from everything will be less good than if your brand awareness was better. Great, you're saying right now, Chloe, you've just made this sound ridiculously difficult. Well, um, the good news is for those of you whose whose number one problem is getting more visitors to your website, I've got an 11-page PDF you can download for free at ecommercemasterplan.com. It's called How to Get New Customers to Your Website, and um, that's available. It's quite easy to find on the website, so you can download that for free and get a lot more information than what I'm going through in today's podcast. But to get you started... Um, let me talk to you about a couple of examples that you can find out more about in um, in the podcast that we've already put up. So we did a fantastic interview with Bonnie from Miso Tasty about a month or so ago. And in order to get more visitors to her website and build her brand awareness, she's used a mixture of wholesaling and PR. So her Miso Soup product is available in a in several different supermarkets in the UK which gives her massive um, brand awareness and of course is you know driving quite some nice sales thank you very much and she's also done an awful lot of PR with most of the mainstream press in the UK to build that brand awareness it's a powerful tactic but it takes a lot of time and skill and you've got to be quite good at that kind of thing usually to do it um on the opposite side of the uh, of the coin, in some ways, we have Dave, um, who I interviewed. To be honest, as I'm recording this, I interviewed him yesterday. Hence the the the, the cold and the nose that you'll be hearing in that podcast down in this one. Um, and Dave runs two e-commerce businesses: Lick My Dip and Cheese Posties. And they're both subscription businesses and currently he's finding one of his best routes to getting new visitors to his website and quality visitors as well, i.e. those who are going to buy, is Instagram. So maybe that's one for you to have a look at. Um, I'll put links to both of those podcasts and the relevant show notes in uh, the transcript. So please do go and download the transcript from eSeller.net to get those. So here's my my kind of quick fire getting new visitors, things I think are likely to bring you quick wins this side of Christmas. So number one, Google AdWords, looking at keyword advertising and Google shopping campaigns. Google shopping campaigns, it's quite easy to be successful with. Keywords, you've really got to put some some time and effort in. And that's one thing I do generally recommend people outsource because every year it gets more complicated to do well on Google AdWords. Um, Number two, Direct mail. It requires a fair amount of capital investment up front, or it can do depending on the size of your list, but it, it remains, if you get the data right, an incredibly powerful way to get new people to your website who will buy. So quality traffic again. Number three, Facebook advertising. I continue to be really impressed by results I see from Facebook. Um, There seems to be no rhyme or reason as to which businesses it does work for and which ones it doesn't. Um, So, And it's quite an easy one for you to have a go at and test yourselves. So I strongly advise you to have a go at Facebook advertising. Just be really careful with the the test, or sorry, the, the segments that you target, your targeting selections, and make sure they're spot on for what you want. Um, Don't worry about going too niche though because the Facebook algorithm is very good at putting the ads in front of the right people for you so you don't have to go too far with your targeting. Um, Number four, this is a bit more expensive and is only going to work for those who have a relatively 
good amount of traffic already is programmatic advertising. This is where um, a, a third party agency put code on your site, identify what your your buyers are like and then find other people on the net to put your ads in front of who are like the people who already come to your website. I hope that made sense. Um, but that's something which Andrew Wilson, one of our, I think our probably our second ever podcast guest um, who runs Allergy Best Buys, he uses that a lot with a company called Sub2 in the UK. And um, he's had some fantastic results in growing his business using that. So I'll I'll make sure there's a link to his podcast in the transcript as well for you. Um, and to go even more ninja, um, or to go properly ninja actually, in the world of uh, getting new visitors, this is a bit of a long-term strategy and, and you've really got to have a good idea to make this one work, is Maxwell Scott Baggs, who we interviewed within the last month on the podcast. Um, William and his team have have built a widget. So they sell beautiful leather, British leather bags and luggage. And they they created a widget, which anyone can embed on their website, which has a, which of course links back to them. And which it gives you the cabin luggage size restrictions for any airline in the world. Genius idea. And I think that's going to be a fantastic SEO and traffic strategy for them. But that is a bit ninja and, and you've got to try really hard to think of a website widget that's going to work for you so that's if your problem is getting visitors to your website so loads of ideas there please don't try and do all of them pick the ones you think will work best for your business and work through those okay next up we've got if your problem is converting visitors to signups what should you do Well, the first thing to say on this is always remember that in one way or another, you have paid to get every person who comes to your website there. Either you've they've seen your brand awareness articles, your PR, they've seen you on SEO. But in some way, with time or money, you have paid to get every single person to your website who's been there. So we want to try and capture the details of as many of those as possible. And we also need to build trust. Trust that they or we need to start building that trust piece so they start understanding who we are and so they um they want to interact with you. We're gonna talk more about trust when we go on to if your problem's getting the first purchase. So right now I'm gonna talk about how we can um try and get as many sign ups from our visitors as possible. And basically the answer on this one is email sign up pop ups. There are many different ways of doing this. You can have strips that go across the top of the screen, the bottom of the screen. You can have pop-ups, interstitials. They get called all different kinds of things, like boxes. But basically, a reasonably aggressive way of going, please sign up for our emails. The um, most aggressive version of this I've seen is what Wet Shave Club do, do, another one of our podcast guests. And they managed to get their um, visitor to website conversion to uh, email sign up to 8%. So 8% of people come to their website, sign up for their emails. And they have a countdown message across the top of the screen, so which is incentivized. So you get a discount if you sign up to their emails. And they also have a big warning message when you try to leave the site to to encourage you to leave your email. Lots of businesses are using these now. They're very commonplace. If you've gone to the e-commerce master plan website, you'll see we have one. We're currently testing that, trying to work out the best way to deploy to get the best results. But 
I cannot emphasize enough that, you know, you've paid every paid for every single person you've got to your website. You need to make sure you're capturing their details in order to be able to market to them and build the trust to get them to the point where they're ready to buy from you. Of course, that does partly also involve kind of cookie tracking and remarketing, all that kind of stuff, which we'll talk a bit later about in one of the other sections. But really to get what you really, really want is someone's email address. And so if your problem is converting visitors to signups, you need to get a pop up installed. First step to doing that is to speak to your website people and find out what you can deploy. If you're on Shopify, Magento, etc., then it's a lot easier to install because there'll be some kind of plugin that you can add quite quickly, quite simply. Right, our third problem, and now we're getting onto the slightly more long-winded ones. Um, so hopefully I can manage to still keep this all within our 30, 30 to 35 minute time limit. Um, but we'll see how we go. So I really am going to kind of just bullet point these for you. So here we go, our third problem. If your problem is getting the first purchase, what should you be doing? So this is making sure the people who come to your website are buying for the first time. Those who've sent your emails are buying from the first time to increase the number of people you've got on your buyer list. And of course, the money you're making. And Christmas is a great time for getting the first purchase from people because people are in that buying mindset and they've got to buy all those gifts. Getting this first purchase is both about kind of the call to actions and the conversion rate optimization that you're doing on the website, you know, to, to use all those psychological tactics to get people to buy. But it's also heavily about building trust with people. So in order to help you get the first purchase, if this is your major problem and the one you need to be focusing on or your major opportunity, maybe, and the one you need to be focusing on in the run up to this Christmas, um, I'm going to divide my advice for you into two parts. The first is I'm going to run through the on-site things, the things you can do on your website to improve um, the likelihood of someone converting, this kind of conversion rate optimization tactics. And then I'm going to go into off-site, so the kind of the marketing areas you, you should be looking at. So on-site, first off, is your site easy to use? Test it. It's amazing what simple things can make a massive difference. You know, just reminding people of your last order dates or reminding them that they're able to buy from you online, reminding them they've you've you know of your guarantees, of your speed of purchase, of the fact the sites, you know, the, the products are in stock. Maybe do a little bit of user experience testing, you know, get a couple of people in and get them sat down at a computer and watch them try and use your website. And every time you want to go, no, 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 click there instead, that you need to click there, that's a blocker. So you need to be to be fixing that and making your site easy to use. As I mentioned in um, my update podcast from Internet Retailing Conference a short time ago, this is, is really, this piece is the key thing that several of the speakers there were talking about. And they run big old businesses, you know, big high street popular businesses in the UK. Um, and the, the, the team at Jigsaw, which is Ladies Fashion, their aim is to remove friction from the buying process. That's what they work on. Week in, week out, they are trying to remove the friction from the buying process. It's as simple as that. Find the friction and fix it. Okay, second up for on-site improvement is trust building. Trust, I think, is a topic I'm going to be talking a lot about in 2016. 
And trust comes in many guises. Basically, what we're trying to do is to explain to the customer sufficient amount about our business that they start to like, know and trust us. So we want to make sure any guarantees we've got are really easy to find and are right there for them so they start to trust us. We need to make sure the site looks like it's modern and up to date and cared for. You know, you you don't buy from sites that look dated because you assume there's something wrong with them. You need to make sure your postage charges are nice and clear, that the prices for the customer are clear. Stock information is another way of building trust, especially in the run up to Christmas. People are like, I need to know I'm going to be able to get it in time. People want that, want to know they're going to be able to receive it. And as we were talking about in the uh, the delivery strategy uh, podcast, the second in this series of three Christmas 2015 tips, um, it's really it's going to be really important this year because people don't trust the couriers, they don't trust delivery. So you've got to make sure that you're giving them the guarantees and the clear stock information, the clear postage information and timings. Putting trust is also about putting customer reviews and testimonials, aka social proof on the site. Um, again, from the uh, the internet retailing conference, Shop Direct were showing how they have social proof popping up on screen. Uh, so they have pop. You know, as you're looking at a product, you'll see floating into screen the fact that 120 people are also looking at this product. So many people bought it yesterday. This is what someone said about it on Facebook. It's really powerful stuff, and it really works. I'll make sure there's a there's a screen grab of that in the in the in the transcript for you. And um, Dave of Lick My Dip was talking in his his interview with me about how important it is to build that community feel, to be giving your prospective customers great information and great insights for free to get them to feel like they're part of your community, even before, in his case, even before your 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 site, your e-commerce business goes live, start to build that passionate base of people who, who are going to want to buy from you. That's all really part of the trust piece. So trust, uh, as I said, I think it's going to be a big, big topic in 2016 that I'm going to be bringing to people of how to build trust because I think it's such an important part of improving conversion rate. So next up then, uh, incentivizing your first order. This is a kind of a more simplistic, practical approach to doing it. We talked about pop-ups when we were talking about getting more inquirers and Miso Tasty, who I've already mentioned uh, in the world of branding, they actually use a pop-up to encourage the first order. So uh, Bonnie was telling me on the podcast all about how she she uses the pop-up to offer a discount to encourage people to take that first order, to encourage them to um, to put trust in me so tasty and test them out. So it's a very interesting idea and quite a quick and easy one to put in place. So let's now talk off-site ways of getting that first purchase out of the people you've got on your email sequences and in your remarketing as well. So email sequences, so powerful. Um, there's two you should have in place to make sure you're getting that first purchase and these will help with repeat purchases and other areas of your business as well. The first is a good quality welcome sequence. This isn't just one email that goes, oh, thank you for signing up for my emails. Here's your discount code. No, follow it up with further emails, one a week, something like that, which explain who you are and what you do. And most importantly, address the common customer concerns. Shoes of Prey, which is an Australian business where you can design your own shoes, 
uh, ladies, you could lose hours to this. And yes, they do ship worldwide. Um, Lordy, I mean, I've I've just had to kind of try and I have to, I talk about it a lot as an example, but I have to try and avoid going there myself because I know it's going to take me several hours to design that perfect pair of shoes. They have an amazing welcome sequence. I'm going to put images of some of their welcome sequence emails into the transcript for you. But basically, each of those welcome emails takes you through and starts batting down some of those key barriers to you know to designing your perfect pair of heels and ordering them, such as where do I start, what heel size do I want, and so forth. And then the other email sequence you should all have in place is an abandoned basket sequence, and one which repeats the message and doesn't necessarily offer an offer, because customers now, to some extent, expect an offer. Some of them are a bit savvy. But then if it's a savvy customer who wants to see an offer appear in an abandoned basket email, then, well, if that's the cost of getting them to do business with us, maybe we're happy to do it. So make sure you're sending out an abandoned basket email very quickly so within an hour of someone abandoning that basket to get them to come back and purchase and then follow it up over the next 24 hours or so Um, you will need to test as with everything we're talking about today you'll need to test to see what works best for your business but that is a good starting point okay so the other side of the off-site getting the first purchase is remarketing in all its many crazy forms the two I suggest you start off with are firstly CRM remarketing. This So these are kind of the two easiest, least risk ways. So CRM remarketing is where you put your email database into Facebook in order to, um, to be able to show Facebook ads just to the people on that list. And of course, you can segment that list. So you can have a list purely of people who've inquired on your site and show them offers to encourage them to make their first purchase. And then the second um, type of remarketing I would try is RLSA, Remarketing List for Search Advertising on Google, which is where you can um, bid on those terms that you wouldn't normally be able to afford to bid on in order to get people back to your site. So you get to bid higher for people who've previously been to your website in the Google keyword area. And the other thing which you can now do with RLSA, which was only released a few weeks ago, it's something called Google Match, which is where you upload your email database into Google and Google will then enable you to target people on the search engine based on the fact they're in your list. Okay, that was a very quick run through of getting the first purchase methods. Um, but I'm trying to keep this short and sweet and bitey. Um, so, you, you know, if anyone wants to know more about this, please do get in contact. So fourth and finally then, if your problem is getting the repeat purchase, what should you do? And repeat purchase incentivization and encouragement is something which many people neglect. But everything we've already talked about in today's podcast is going to help with this problem. So that's good news. Any of you who are working on any of the, you know, if you've got the problems of any of the ones at the top, any of the first three that we've gone through, then all of those are going to help you with getting repeat purchases. So my suggestions for this are, first off, email. Make sure you're sending out regular email broadcasts at least once a month, if not more often. Um, Don't go up to twice a week. Almost nobody needs to go up to twice a week, but most people's customers are happy to hear from them on a weekly, or customers and prospective customers are happy to hear from them on a weekly basis. So make sure you're doing those regular email broadcasts. Do anniversary reminders. So 
It's 12 months since you last ordered for from us. Great to have you on our list. Are you interested in doing something else? Really easy to set up on email. And we miss you. Um, Look Fantastic and the Hut Group are great at we miss you emails. Um, we miss you, here's 20% off. We miss you, here's free, free PMP. I'm always getting those from them. Um, so they're great ones to be looking at. Community is the next section. So um, Wet Shave Club built a community of their customers. Again, you can listen to this on my podcast interview to find out more about my podcast interview of Rohan. Um, and they created a VIP Facebook group, private Facebook group, just for the, their their subscribers and they use that to get feedback, but it really binds them into this idea of a club, this idea of a community. Hugely powerful way of increasing repeat purchase. Be So Tasty does a similar thing, but not with a Facebook group. Bonnie has key customers as testers. So her top customers, she'll, she'll, e- she'll email them. She'll post them out new product ideas and ask for their feedback. A great way of binding in your best customers to you to increase their relationship with you to get more purchases, more purchases more frequently, and also to get them to naturally recommend you to other people. Third idea for increasing repeat purchase is customer services. Make sure you're treating your customers well the first order and every order they place with you. If they have a good experience, they will come back. It's a hygiene factor, a decent customer service experience. So have a think about how you can wow them with that experience. How can you make it even better? Uh, which does kind of come into the delivery strategy piece we talked about in the last of these bonus podcasts, number two. Um, so go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already and your if your problem major problem is about getting repeat purchases because I talk in there about wowing the customer with the delivery. We've then got the remarketing activity. Um, there's so much you can do of remarketing based on how long it's been since someone's been to your website, how long it's been since they bought from you. You could do anniversary campaigns, you can do big bold campaigns in remarketing about when your sales on and all that kind of thing. There are lots of different ways you can contact those customers. Only two more ideas left to um, to get these repeat purchases. So for the first of the last two is um, to make sure you're really getting behind any big, bold campaigns you can do. So really chuck everything out when you go into sale or Black Friday. We spoke a lot about that one in the first podcast, strangely enough, as it was called Should You Partake in Black Friday? So go back and have a listen to that one if you want some ideas of how you can use a big, bold campaign to get those repeat purchases. And then finally, in the world of repeat purchases, make sure you're mining your past customers using a data co-op to find out which of them are buying an active online elsewhere and then you can do um, postal mailings to them. So this is a, a bit of a complex subject but it's there's a I'm not going to go into it now because we're we're getting a bit tight on time but and because you know it takes quite a long time to explain it but there is an update on this in my podcast update from the DCA conference a couple of weeks ago um, where I was running through some of the examples that Epsilon Abacus had shared at the Direct Commerce Association conference. So I'll put a link to that podcast in the transcript as well so you can go back and have a listen to that at your leisure and find out a little bit more about data co-ops. To be fair, it's probably a little bit late to be leveraging that for this Christmas, um, but if you're already signed up to a data co-op, 
in your country of choice, then this may be one that works for you. I know in some countries these just don't exist. In Ireland, there there are no data co-ops, so you can't use this tactic in Ireland. So as I said earlier, I'm coming at this at today's podcast from a from a geographically neutral space. Hopefully you can now see that to be successful with your marketing this Christmas and beyond, it's not just about I want to do remarketing or I want to do email. It's about what the problem that you need to solve is and then finding the right solution to fit with that. We've only just scratched the surface of the options here, but the real message is to think about marketing in a different way. What is the job of each part of your marketing and each campaign within your marketing? And make sure that it's delivering the goods in the areas you need it to deliver in. So your to-do list from today's podcast... First off, work out what your numbers are and identify the gap you most need to solve. Next up, what are you already doing that should be solving the gap? And let's optimise that and make it work harder for you. And number three, what should you be doing to solve the gap? What new things could you be rolling out and test those? Please don't try and do everything I've spoken about in today's podcast because I think it would there's a good year's worth of implementation even for a big business in what I've run through today. So try and identify the bits you think will work best for your business in terms of response and in terms of ease of deployment. This was the third and final in our series of three bonus episodes, Christmas 2015 tips presented by me, Chloe Thomas of ecommercemasterplan.com in association with eSeller.net aiming to help you make Christmas 2015 the best yet for your e-commerce business. I've created these in partnership with eSeller and for the first time ever you can get hold of a full transcript, including pictures, of each of these podcasts. Those are available exclusively from the eSeller.net website. Go straight there to download or you can find the direct link to the download on the show notes page at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash bonus three. Thank you so much for listening and if you haven't yet listened to the other two in the series please do so as they are all available to you right now. The others are Should You Partake in Black Friday and Why Your Delivery Strategy Matters This Christmas. And of course please subscribe to the e-commerce master plan podcast on iTunes, Stitcher and all the rest of the of the different uh, podcast platforms that are out there. I think we're on all of them. If you spot one we're not on, please do let me know and I will make sure we're there very shortly. And listen in for our regular weekly interviews and updates. Have a great Christmas, everyone. And as always, keep optimising. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.